You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. This is our ninth episode of season four for Star Wars Rebels for the episode Rebel Assault. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster, Cranky. Hey, Mike and Star Wars Rebels fans. Good to be back. We're a little late. Yeah, um, a little bit. But, uh, but hey, stuff happens. You know, podcasting's going on. I had yeah. stuff going on, but we're back and we're I got, here to talk. Yeah, I, I got a little waylaid over on Quiver by uh, yeah. by two full nights of um, crossovers and then uh, a live stream that we did over there. Um, so for anybody who doesn't watch any of the, the DC shows on CW, they did a, they did a two-night event with four episodes that were one big story. It was phenomenal. It was so yeah. good. So well done. But man, oh man, it was a lot of TV to be committed to watching. That's yeah, a lot of TV, yeah. And then yeah. it was a very long live stream, about two and a half hours. Um, and, uh, and, and that was basically Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So by Thursday, I was, I was wiped. <laughs> and then on Friday yeah. night, I, uh, I I recorded the exclusive Thunderquack podcast that was technically for November, although really technically was for October. <laughs> um, with That's Kyle funny. from Star Wars: The Saga Continues, and uh, it was really good. And then and then we posted that on Saturday. So yeah. it's not that I wasn't working. I was no, definitely no. I was definitely hard at work on the podcast. Just I. Uh, uh, What's one more week for Rebels, yeah. right? Yeah, we got we got time. We got time. Yeah, and, and yeah. yeah we got lots of time. Finale. We're not we're behind, but only in the sense that we got to get caught up with this one episode and then yeah. we're good to go. So um, we've got this one for you guys at the time of recording. It is Monday, December 4th, and we are just a little bit over two weeks away or just a little bit over a week away. Sorry. One week yeah, away. Yeah. One week away from a new Star Wars movie. Um, and, of course, that means that right after that Star Wars movie, 
pretty quick on its heels, there's going to be not one, but two Last Jedi spoiler casts coming from Thunderquack. Nice. The first is going to be featuring uh, Tim and Kyle from Star Wars The Saga Continues and maybe some uh, ho- guest hosts as well. Um, that one will be on YouTube. And the MP3 will be exclusive to Thunderquack podcast uh, supporters over on Patreon at the $5 and above level. And then, of course, as we did last year, which many of you appreciated and I think you enjoyed and you tuned in for, you chipped in a buck, uh, over on Patreon.com slash Thunderquack, the exclusive Thunderquack Thunderquack podcast episode, actually one of the exclusives for this month for December, is... Uh, the Last Jedi spoiler cast with Matt and I, uh, and that's that's gonna be our in depth. Now you know you're gonna hear from us. Obviously, we're gonna talk about the Last Jedi for yeah. a while. I'm sure we're gonna have a lot to say, and it's gonna be one of those things where we're gonna digest it as 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 we go through the rest of the final season of Star Wars Rebels and into whatever comes next. But if you want our immediate in-depth reactions to the last jedi and whatever surprises it may hold that's the place to get it that's going to be mm-hmm. that's going to be the best place for us for sure yeah to, uh, to get i can't those wait reactions. for that man so, so excited for that so yeah. excited yeah well, it's hey gonna be you talk about um you're talking about the last jedi and yeah. hey that's part of the news so let's get to the news let's do it all of us on the force is strong this week now, here's the latest from a galaxy far, far away. Roll right away, sir. All right, so, Mike, in the news, um, hold on once. Uh, obviously, everything right now is the lead-up to uh, The Last Jedi. And that's, yes. I mean, they've had press conferences in L.A., I think it was yesterday or the day before, uh, we had this new Chinese trailer that came out that had it was actually pretty clever. Oh, where it oh used, boy! It yep. used the Force Awakens, yeah. uh, some of the cues which I loved. I loved that, and uh, we saw a couple of new things there. And then obviously this behind the scenes video that came out again, and I mm-hmm. love this thing because this thing focused on uh, some of the fighting that. Yeah. For one, we're going to see Rose do some action. She was featured in it, of course, Ray. Uh, Captain Phasma, and my favorite, Kylo Ren. Um, man, I, I tell you what, this is what gets me so pumped for this film is seeing how I know they're not Jedi and Sith, but see how the Force and the use of lightsabers are dealt with in the second movie. Going into The Force Awakens, I thought, man, I can't wait to see you know, how they're gonna, what's going to change with lightsaber combat. What new stuff are we going to see? And it was almost... Um, kind of going back to just raw just mm-hmm. power and, and a little bit of finesse and and obviously some kind of forms there but um it was just so different you know and 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 i can't wait to see what happens and seeing this little teaser this video man i just love this thing and i can't wait to see kylo ren and ray going at it and luke hopefully is involved somehow so a ton of stuff coming out mike uh did you happen to see this behind the scenes video any thoughts on that i did yeah it was fantastic um i yeah i loved it um i love the promotional stuff that doesn't give us any story stuff or anything that is just the behind the scenes stuff like i liked the um 
the the Volptex uh, behind the scenes video where they showed us how you know like how did they create the crystal foxes, um, right? And this with the with the the fighting stuff, it is so good. It's so well cut. Such an such a such an expertly put together little featurette. Um, and I love that it it gives us glimpses at things, but it doesn't ruin anything for the movie. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Because you it, don't know. It's hard to tell what they're, you know, who, yeah. who knows as far as like Kylo Ren, you see him battling a couple guys. We think it's Praetorian guards, but you never know. It, it could be just a training session. We don't know if this is a full on he's he's mad type of a fight. So there's tons of stuff that's still up in the air. But just seeing the, some of the stuff that they were doing yeah. and, and how dedicated and, and how hard it looked and, and just how into it the character, especially, you know, even Daisy said, man. Uh, Adam Driver, he go he when he's doing this stuff, he is full in, full on, raring to go. So yeah, um, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. I kind of cut you off there. No, no. I, I mean, like, yeah, no. You're hitting it on the head. It's it's exactly that. Um, just seeing the intensity um, and the uh, the skill that these actors are are exhibiting. Um, mm-hmm. I I just love it. I can't wait. I mean. This is what gets me excited for the movie. It's we're right around the corner. Um, mm. I've seen everything I need to see. Look, and, and Mark Hamill said it uh, I, on Facebook Live the other day. It's a little exhausting doing uh, uh, press and promotion for a movie that that let's be honest doesn't need it. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, it's yeah. I, I, and he's like, I, I don't think there's a penguin in Antarctica who doesn't know the yeah. name of the movie right and and, uh, <laughs> and i think that mark is absolutely 100 percent correct yeah. on that um he's liked my tweets twice so i think i can just refer to him for, we're on a we're nice. on a first name basis mark you are yeah um, <laughs> that's funny yeah uh, well, you but know yeah yeah it, i mean like like i don't need any i mean like the chinese no. trailer was great uh mm-hmm. it, that like you said that opening bit with the with the force awakens clips yeah. added onto it so good so so good yeah um mm-hmm. that little bit of context and it's generally the same trailer as we've seen elsewhere but then there's a little bit more you know we see some canto bite stuff we see uh um, horses some, yeah some new creatures but uh yeah. yeah and the tv spots have all been really fun i've been watching them despite saying you know i don't i'm not gonna watch them i watch every single one of them um <laughs> I have yeah. stayed away from magazine articles, though. I don't want to, like, because the magazine articles give away too much story. Right. But, uh, yeah. The, the, I can agree with that. That, that behind-the-scenes video is, like, like, that's all I need. And now, just, like, stop. Just, like, leave me alone for <laughs> the next week. I'm good. We're yeah. a week away, man. We're, like, just a yeah. little bit over. Yeah, it's... Uh, Monday's it's, basically it's, done. So, like, a week yeah. and two days. Yeah. And it's Star Wars. Counting it down. It's a countdown, man. I got my seats. I'm ready to go, man. And and, and a lot of the stuff, too, is coming out. I mean, now, like I said earlier, um, they had that press junket. A couple of people have seen the movie now. Uh, the actors got to see the movie. Uh, and then Ryan Johnson, he yeah. mentioned some things about his initial cut of the film. And this is really not really a shock to me. I mean, uh, you know, your first cut of a film is going to be a long thing. That's what all the editing process is for. But he said it ran like over three hours long. Uh, then he kind of cut it to three and then 
he got to his final cut, which was what we know now is around two and a half hours. And he did confirm that we're going to get a bunch of deleted scenes and also confirm like, that we are, we are not getting, you know, like a director's cut or a mm. special edition or anything like that. He had, he had kind of shut that down right away as this interview that I saw. Um, so, and, and again, that's not a surprise to me. There's, you know, that's just not something that star Wars does. They don't do that kind of yeah. thing. Uh, before and 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 now so but you're going to get a bunch of deleted scenes so that's cool so um the last thing any any thoughts on that mike i mean no 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 shock there that you know no. of course the first cut of the movie is going to be long i mean you gotta yeah there's so yeah. much stuff that he filmed and you, you get the cut that you want like okay this is what i got now 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 i have to like get it into movie time frame you know it's right now it's out of movie time frame how do i do that so uh, but we'll get those. We'll get those cuts, like you said. Um, yeah. The last thing you wanted to mention was there was a lot of stuff going on with Daisy Ridley and yes. her comments about leaving the tri- leaving the sequel trilogy after Episode Nine. Uh, you want to make a? You had some comments on that, Mike? Yeah, I just wanted to to take a minute, and I would have talked about it last week when this first came out, had we recorded. Yeah. But um, the initial story was. Daisy Ridley says she's done with Star Wars after episode nine and everybody, one person ran with that and Mm -hmm. then, which was misinformation to begin with. And then everybody else picked it up with the same headline and just spread this totally bogus story all over the internet. So, um, Mm -hmm. don't just read headlines, read the whole article, especially when there are quotes, don't just read the excerpt read the whole like find the source of the interview get the whole thing so -hmm. i believe this came out of rolling stone um and i i the gist of it is that you know she and she came out this week and, and corrected it um the gist of it is that her contract is up she was contracted for three movies right So whether or not she feels like the story will be like a closed circle at the end, right? And whether or not, you know, they want to bring her back in the future, we'll see. Um, There are two things going on here. A, the misinformation piece of it that is coming out of of the clickbait Hollywood uh, entertainment news aspect. The other part of this... And I want everybody listening to this to really pay attention to what I'm saying. This happens all the time. This is not a real thing. Okay. Daisy Ridley was probably instructed by her agent. Just say this. Just drop this. Well, I'm only contracted for and through episode nine. So after that, I, I, I don't know. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, just drop that little tidbit. You just sow the seed of doubt, right? So that Disney has to come back and say, well, we do want you back. We want you in the next movie. Um, Like, we're going to do another trilogy. And then you go, okay, cool. Let's negotiate what that is. Because guaranteed, Daisy Ridley is not making a lot of money off of these movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure she's being paid very well. Um I'm sure she's making a, a sizable chunk. Uh, and honestly, like, I think it's so tacky how we know how much people make um, off of movies and stuff like that. It's like, like who's mm-hmm. the highest grossing, blah, blah, blah. 
uh, not highest grossing, but highest earning. Um, mm-hmm. Highest grossing to me is an interesting conversation because that's like which stars make the most money year over year, right? Um, which one, not individual, not themselves personally, but like how, like their movies and TV shows and whatever, like, like they, they, their face being attached to a product Mm -hmm. makes this much money. That's interesting to me. How much that individual person makes is not interesting to me. That's up to that person. Um, but the thing with this is that anybody who's a Marvel, uh, movie fan knows that Chris Evans has said that he's done with the MCU about five times now. Oh, I got one more movie. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm only contracted for two more appearances. Oh, they got me contracted. I'll, I'll do another thing. Ah, oh, you know, I did a cameo in Thor too. So that counts, right? Like they, um, they write these contracts very specifically. And so negotiating involves, a little bit of greasing the wheels and uh, mm-hmm. and and this is the way that people with star power can do that if daisy ridley's coming back for three more movies you can bet she's going to make twice as much if not more than she oh, did yeah. off of these ones because coming into the force awakens she was a complete unknown right so right. that's one thing now she's you know she's ray uh, she's Daisy Ridley. She's, I don't know if she's a household name yet, but she's definitely well on her way there. If she plays her cards, right. You know, like if, if she makes smart choices, um, she is a headline name in the Orient express alongside like Johnny Depp and Kenneth Branagh and Judy Dench. Yeah, like, so. like yeah. that is a film with a crazy huge cast. And here's Daisy Ridley and her name's right up there with them. That is, means something in Hollywood and as it should because Daisy Ridley is incredibly talented and people are now getting to see that right so um that's all it is that's all this was the whole thing the whole song and dance I'm convinced I like I guarantee you I don't know if any of the other podcasts or any of the other fan um outlets are are talking about it in this way but I like people lose their minds to a certain degree when something like this comes out and everybody just jumps on the news and oh mm. Daisy Ridley doesn't want to be in Star Wars anymore is there bad blood blah blah everybody <laughs> wants it to be a bad thing and it's yeah. not it was a totally um innocent comment that I believe is just there as like an opening volley in an in a negotiation with between Disney and Daisy Ridley of like you're going to pay me more money for the next three, right? Right. Because if you think for one second, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> that they're not jumping back into the saga story of the Skywalkers and these characters that they've spent all this time introducing us to, <coughs> that's not the way things work anymore. Back in the day, you made three movies, maybe if you were really lucky, you made, you made that Star Wars trilogy or Indiana Jones, and then, you know, 30 years later, you can come back and do something else. <clears throat> but uh, that's not the way that films work anymore. It's definitely not the way that Disney operates. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the MCU is how many movies? It's it's ridiculous. I've lost count. Yeah. It's it's over like fourteen movies. Like it's it's a it is a huge franchise, and Star Wars is going to be the same. 
and they're going to get it to that place. Um, whether or not, you know, people <laughs> like it, yeah. you know, yeah. there's going to be, I, I truly believe we're going to get to a point where there's going to be two star Wars movies a year. Um, but, yeah. I think yeah. that that was on their roadmap and I think they, all of the issues with directors and stuff kind of set them back a little bit, but it's coming. That's, that's in the future. Um, we're going to get there with two movies a year. And that means that there's going to be room for a lot of different things. So are we going to go right from episode 9 to announcing 10, 11, 12? No, I think we're going to get episode 9 and then we're going to get Obi-Wan and something else and Ryan Johnson's first uh, movie of his trilogy. And then, you know, like like five, six years afterwards, we're going to go, anybody ready for episode 10? You guys <laughs> you guys want this with, with Ray yeah. and... Uh, yeah, and like I, I don't even know if it'll be that long of a wait. Might only be three years, you know. I yeah. They have such great momentum with these characters, with with Ray and Finn and Poe, uh, and BB-8. I you don't in this day and age give that up. Mm-hmm. You don't set that aside because the story is, you know, the way that Star Wars works is that we do a trilogy, right? It's that's. I, I, I just don't think that they're going to do that. I think that they can absolutely come back three years later and say it's been 10 in the story, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And the yeah. actors can just play older. Um, mm-hmm. I think that'll be fine. So yeah, that's, that's you know, my take on the whole thing. Yeah, I I'm I heard the story, obviously, and you see it going around, and I didn't pay much attention to it because I kind of, you know, obviously the same uh, thoughts as you. It's like, yeah, she was contracted to do, to do three movies um right now there's no inclination that you know that yeah there's anything else going on for her character besides these three these three movies and she's going to do these three movies and she's having a great time it's this is her breakout role right here this is what's getting her more stuff she's got like you said murder on the Orient express she's got something called ophelia coming up and something called uh, yep. chaos or something like that and big name actors and directors so yep. um this is the launching pad and and not that she doesn't love it but it's three and and this is what actors do you know you kind of do your thing and then you move on yeah um, look look you you, yeah. you don't you don't give it away for free right right i, I always the one of my favorite I, I lines in in the dark night is when the Joker says, "If you if you're good at something, never do it for free, mm-hmm. right?" And yeah. uh, I, I you know that's a, it's a little bit mercenary, but um, I totally subscribe to that that belief that like if you do something well, never do it for free. Uh, yeah, here we are podcasting uh, <laughs> for free. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I think it's debatable whether or not we do it well. So, uh, <laughs> hey, but, there's uh, always a there's always the uh, comment section or whatever yeah, the yeah. I, iTunes reviews. But yeah, no, it's you know as far as as far as she's concerned, uh, like I said, she's she's got her three set up just like all the other actors and and who wouldn't take this is like I said this is like a breakout thing for you. You get into one of these movies, you're going to get work and you're going to get noticed and you're going to. Yeah. As long as you do fairly well. Yeah. And she did. And she's getting noticed and she's yeah. doing other things. Well, so. look at John Boyega, right? He's got like three movies that came out this year. Including yeah. The Last Jedi. So Big stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, uh, you know, it's – you get these opportunities as – as uh, I mean, I think everybody gets these opportunities. It's not just an acting thing. One accomplishment leads to – 
uh, a, a wealth of opportunities, and you, if you play your cards right, that that leads to success, right? Um, right. And I think that uh, that Daisy Ridley is well aware of that. She's probably been waiting for this break for a very long time, and now here it is, and she's got to take adva- full advantage of it. Yeah, definitely. And I think some of the – I don't know if the, the, some of these articles were trying to trying to push the, the fact that, oh, you know, if you're in a Star Wars movie, you're kind of typecast for life, like – you know, this is kind of what happened yeah. to obviously the early actors in the in the first original trilogy, but nowadays you know what you're getting into when you do a Star Wars movie, and we're on a you know it's Disney now it's totally different. So um, all these actors, Adam Driver, you know they're all they're all in the same boat. You know, here's my contract. I'm going to do the yep. best I can. I'm going to give it 100. percent And if we're done after, if that's all Disney wants us for. Hey, it's been a great ride, and 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 you know, I'll see you on Netflix or you know Star Wars streaming service. You yeah. can see me there for the, for the next fifty years. So, yeah, no, it's, that was an interesting story that came out. So with uh, with that, Mike, I guess we are ready to get into this. Uh, I guess uh, what are we going to call it? The midway season finale. Yeah, winter finale, mid season finale. finale. Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Ezra! It's time to get to work. When are you going to feel you've done enough for this rebellion? I guess I never really thought about it. So I guess you really never thought about us. All the paths are coming together, right? I'm just not sure if we're going to like where they lead. Krennic has been quite persuasive about his own project, Stardust. Are you confident your ship can get in and out undetected? We don't call it the ghost for nothing. Got him! Now is our time for the Rebels recap. May the force be with you. All right, and here we go with Rebel Assault on board a cruiser above the planet Lothal, part of the Imperial blockade in orbit. An officer reports to the cruiser's captain that they have been det- uh, they have detected. Something coming out of hyperspace. A squadron of X-Wing starfighters appears, led by General Syndulla and her astromech droid Chopper. She orders her squadron to lock their S-foils in attack position. On the bridge of the Star Destroyer Chimera, Grand Admiral Thrawn, entering the bridge, states that the uh, rebels have finally come to Lothal. Thrawn orders fighters launched, and he tells his best pilot, Bolt Scaris, that the rebels must not be allowed to reach the planet's surface. As the TIE fighters are launched, Hera tells her pilots to accelerate to attack speed, and the fighting begins. Down below, as a siren wails, Ezra, Sabine, Zeb, and Kanan plant explosives on the turrets of the air defenses installed to protect the Imperial Armory complex. Up above, the X-Wings shoot down many TIE fighters. Hera tells Mart, Phoenix 2, to handle a wingman, and he shoots down another TIE, which crashes into a light cruiser. Hera tells Duke to keep up, and he responds that he's trying. As the two pilots shoot down ties, Volt Scaris enters the fray in his gold-striped tie defender, Elite. He tells his two wingmen to stay on him, and he comes in behind Duke. Cleet warns him that he's picked up three more, but Duke is swiftly shot down by Scaris. He then pursues Cleet and fires on her, taking, her out, uh, taking out one of her engines. She reports that she's lost control, and Hera responds, telling Cleet to scissor right so she can cut them off. As Phoenix 4 flees, Scarish uh, shoots her down, and Hera attacks him, taking out both of his wingmen. 
As she flies past, Garrus realizes who she is based on the piloting skills, and he pursues her. So, wow. Um, I, I tell you what, Mike, starting off with this episode, jump right in. Uh, we jump right into the assault. You got the Star Destroyers and, and the, the, uh, the Empire's all ships. They're ready to go. Uh, the shot of the X-Wing. I tell you what, when you there's there's been a few times where we've talked about Clone Wars and Rebels being cinematic, and this is the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. I mean, this shot of the X-wings, and when Harris says, "Hey, put your X-wings in a S-foil, you know, lock them in S-foil, your attack position." I mean, some of those shots directly from A New Hope, the special edition, um, just to seeing them come in and the music and everything. It's just wow. This is this is when you know something's going to be. This is going to be big time, you know. So. Fantastic opening. We get mm-hmm. green group here. Yeah, um, there's like 24 ships, uh, fighters, bombers. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's on, man. This thing is on. So, tremendous opening scene here, Mike. Any any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, just just so well done. I watched it again last night in preparation for recording because obviously it's it's been a little bit. Um, and uh, this opening is about as good as it gets. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. All, all that, all the, the um, combat, starfighter combat, and everything. It just, mm-hmm. it does. It feels very authentic. It, it's very reminiscent of, of a new hope. But then in the second half that we're about to talk about, there's a couple of moves that I feel like are very Poe Dameron. Oh, um, yeah. We'll get to there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. One of which, I, I mean, like Hera pulls a move. Um, I'll just, I mean, I'm just going to skip ahead. She pulls a move to take out okay. Scaris that yeah. is in one of the trailers for, or not yeah. the exact same move, but a very similar move. That's it's in similar. The, it's yeah. in the trailer mm-hmm. for, for the last Jedi. And so, you know, like there, there are a handful of pilots, right? And it, it's one of those funny things where it's like, um, I, Anakin is supposed to be an incredible pilot. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. It's in a new hope. So oh, your father was the best starfighter pilot in the galaxy. Um, or I think he just says star pilot or something like that. And uh, and then we go back to the to the prequels and it's like, why? Because he could do a barrel roll in a Naboo starfighter. Like, is he mm-hmm. was he really that great? It seemed like most of that was an accident. Right. Yeah. Um, but then we got to. Revenge of the Sith, and we really got to see it. We got to see how how good Anakin was, but really, it wasn't until we got into the Clone Wars that we got to see Anakin's right. an incredible pilot, right? And we see some of that stuff, and then you know, uh, Luke is a pretty good pilot too, but we never really see him do anything crazy in in the movies. Um, I but you know like there's some expanded universe stuff where he definitely does some cool things um and uh and then we get to the sequel and we see Poe Dameron it's like Poe Dameron is he like puts everybody to shame right <laughs> doesn't he the yeah. stuff like like yeah. you remember in the lead up to po, to Force Awakens when it was like oh Poe Dameron's the best pilot in the galaxy and everybody was like, whoa, 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 wait a second. You're talking about a galaxy with a lot of really great pilots. He's a better pilot than Luke. He's a better pilot than Anakin, than Han Solo. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. And then you watch The Force Awakens, and uh, you get the trench run. And at the end of the trench run, yeah, mm-hmm. there's no exhaust port. Uh, he's got to take that X-Wing and you know close it up, flip it sideways, and fly inside the, uh, the oscillator. 
um, and then back out, right? right? And and he does it because he's Poe Dameron and he's the best damn pilot in the galaxy. So, <laughs> I you know like yeah. like I it's one of the reasons why I love Poe so much. Um, it would be arrogant in any other character, but he's got the he's got the stuff to back it up, right? Mm-hmm. And then I uh, obviously alongside that, you know, we've got Star Wars Rebels. And we're hearing all this stuff. Well, oh, Hera's a great pilot. Hera's a great pilot. And we see, yeah, she can do some cool stuff. And um, she flies a freighter like it's a starfighter. And she's definitely a great pilot. Um, and then we see, shoot, what's the episode? Um, well, she does the B the, the wing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we see, oh, no, she's actually, she's actually a really skilled pilot. And then mm-hmm. here in this episode, we really get to see it. Put her behind yeah. the 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 controls of an X-wing starfighter, and uh, you know the, the X. Come on, everybody can agree, X-wing starfighter, best starfighter in all of oh. Star Wars. Heck yeah! Like, what For else sure. are you gonna say? Because I mean, like, you know me, I love the Jedi starfighter. I love the the Delta Seven Aether Sprite, right from Episode Two. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a really cool ship. I love it. I love that sequence with Django Fett and all that stuff. Um, definitely love it in the Clone Wars micro series and, and everything. Also from the Clone Wars micro series, really, really like the V19 torrent, which mm-hmm. is the ship with the three wings where it's got like the fin, the big sail fin on the top that when it takes off, it flips around onto the bottom. Love the right. V19, but, um, you know, and and Naboo starfighters are cool in their own right, and the A wing and uh, snow speeders, all sorts of really cool ships in Star Wars. But I, I had a really hard time believing anybody who argues that there's a cooler ship than the X wing starfighter. <laughs> and yeah. uh, you know, we've right. been waiting, we've been waiting three we've and a half waiting. seasons yeah. for this, and here it is. The Finally X-Wing Starfighter. And uh, you know what I loved about them? They talked about it on Rebels Recon, and you can kind of see it in the in the behind-the-scenes stuff. But um, I noticed it right away while watching. Those X-Wings, the, the S-Foils, they lock in a really high position, right? Like, the X is very, very spread apart. And mm-hmm. I was immediately like, that's... That's not exactly a, a movie X-Wing. Like, that's... It's a... The... The... The nose is a little bit shorter on them as mm-hmm. well. They're not quite as long as a as a movie X wing, um, and then I was like, "Oh, they're modeled after the toys, after the like the nineteen seventy eight X wing toy, which is much mm-hmm. shorter." And the X wings, I always it always bothered me on the original toy how wide the the wings popped open because I was like, mm-hmm. they don't open that wide in the, in the movie. <laughs> yeah. um, right. And uh, and so I was like, oh, that's really that's cool that they that they modeled them more after the toy, um, especially because with the Tie Defender, it's got the pop off wings, right? And uh, I don't know I just thought that was I thought it was a really cool touch to just kind of give it its own little bit of flair. So yeah. I look at them as these are these are T sixty X wings, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to T sixty fives, which is right. which are the ones in in A New Hope. Right. Just a couple and, waves below. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're yeah. like it's not as it's not as big of a difference as the T sixty five to the T seventy, which the T seventy is what we see in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. But um 
but there's a this slight difference between right. the between the models. That's right. that that's my own personal headcanon. That's not based on anything else. <laughs> right. I don't right. think that anybody else is uh, is talking about them on that level. But if if you remember the old um, the guides to vehicles and mm-hmm. and and the guide to starships, the guide to weapons and equipment and all that stuff. Yeah. I love those books. I wish that they would bring that stuff back. Those those like sort of real world schematic blueprint books. Right. I would love it if you if they did another one and they did. They, here's the T60. It's the one from Rebels. The T65 from the films, and then the T70 from from the sequel. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just sort of show, <clears throat> you know, uh, one ship turns yeah. into the next sort mm-hmm. of thing. Show the evolution, but. Uh, they don't make them like that anymore. It's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're right, though, that this thing was all about seeing those X-Wings. And uh, you have Green Group here, uh, mm-hmm. of course, led by Hera, the Green Group there. And we actually see them in Rogue One, although it's not, you know, you don't necessarily see the uh, Green Leader check well, in. Well, no, no. Okay, so. Scarif. No, we don't see we don't see these these fighters because obviously none of these fighters make it out, right? This is actually Phoenix Squadron. They are color right, green, right. but they're not Green Squadron. So okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. there's a difference, right? Like right. this is Phoenix Squadron because I think Green Squadron was was um was in Rogue One. No, it was Blue Squadron in Rogue One, wasn't it? Well, green was present, um, although okay. everybody talks about blue. Because blue but, are, but the, right, blue's the one that, right. that they go through the, the shield. Yes, yeah, right. Okay. You're, you're right, though. It's Phoenix Squadron. Although yeah. they are green, but you're right. It is Phoenix yeah. Squadron. And, and Mark, um, I guess it's Mark, he returns. And yeah. uh, we saw him in Iron Squadron, but now he's a member of the screen, uh, Phoenix Squadron under Harris. So, and the whole point of this was for Thrawn's side of it was – they have one goal: don't reach the planet's surface. Yeah, and uh, we'll get into that. We had a lot of action in this next paragraph, Mike. You want to take this one? Yeah. <clears throat> the turrets on Lothal begin firing just as Zeb places the last explosives on the tower. The rebels escape, and Sabine presses a detonator, setting off the explosives and causing the towers to neatly collapse in on themselves. Governor Arinda Price reports to Thrawn via hologram that her air defenses have been destroyed, and he states that it is an impressive but not unexpected level of coordination. Amid the space battle, Scarus pursues Hera, but is unable to land a hit. Hera leads the Imperial Ace towards the Chimera, causing Scarus to wonder where she is going. Thrawn is alerted to an X-Wing approaching on an attack vector and orders Scarus to break off. He refuses, responding that he almost has Hera in his sights. The Chimera's guns fire, bringing down both Hera and Scarus's shields. Thrawn approaches the windows and sees Hera and Scaris fly past. Hera fires upon the Chimera's scanning array, creating a cloud of smoke as she closes her attack foils and flies through. Scaris loses track of her in the smoke and, due to his fighter's larger profile, is forced to fly around the scanner array. Hera turns her fighter around and when Scaris appears, she fires upon him, catching him by surprise, and takes off two of his elite's wings. Scarus spiles out of control, screaming, and his fighter crashes into a light cruiser. The cruiser's magazine is damaged by the strike, and it begins to explode and veer out of control. It crashes into a Star Destroyer, shearing off the bridge superstructure. Hera orders her fighters to make for the opening, and the rebels race for Lothal. Still no good. He's too fast. 
shop? I've got an idea. Where are you going? X-wing on attack vector. Scaris, break off your pursuit. Negative command. I almost have her. How unfortunate. Open fire. But sir, Commander Scaris. Is playing into Cindula's hands. Now open fire. He has no shields. We have no shields. Tighten your bolts. Here we go. So, Mikey, this is a crazy action scene. Uh, a lot of stuff going on here. The, first of all, the gun towers were destroyed. Uh, we'll kind of go through this. Uh, Thrawn, of course, he, he, he's the ever the cool guy, right? He shows no sign of panic or anything like that. Yeah. He's smart enough to know that, you know, what Hera is is doing to to Scaris and a, and a great battle between two very good pilots. And, again, you mentioned it. Um, Hera does this flip in her X-Wing, and it's not – like Poe Dameron's, it's almost like she does like a backflip or something. It's 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 so crazy. She takes out Scaris, incredible move. Uh, again, shows how great of a pilot is. We've seen her do, we've seen her pilot, what, A-wings, B-wings, X-wings now, of course, the ghost ship. Um, and, it, and it begs the debate like they did on Rebels Recon, I think it was, where, hey, who's the better pilot now? Is it is it Poe or is it Hera? And a lot of people sided with Hera. I think once we see The Last Jedi, um, of course, Poe's going to give her a run for her money, but man, what a move that was! Takes him out, um, and and here's the thing: like they think this thing is going good so far for the for the rebels here. I mean, this this first first attack, like I said, it's going well. Uh, it looks like the X-wings are kind of dominating. Yeah, they lost a few to Scaris. She takes him out, uh, and then hey, I think you know we're ready to go. We got their ace pilot out of the way. But uh, we're in for a rude awakening. But uh, incredible scene, Mike. A lot of great action. Any thoughts on this uh, particular uh, section here? Yeah, I just love how ruthless uh, Thrawn is. Right? I mean, he right, does yeah. not. He, it, yeah. he yeah. doesn't hesitate. And when when the when the the gunner is like, it's like, but but Commander Scaris, he's like, it, he's playing right into Harris hands like like just just open yeah. fire i said open fire right like <laughs> I, yeah thrawn yeah. i've i've said it before uh on the show and and i'll reiterate you know i'm not i was not a big thrawn fan um i don't like the timothy zahn novels as much as other people do i find them a little bit um mm. over the top at times in terms of Thr- especially thrawn's character just Oh, he plays chess, so he's five steps ahead of everybody. And it's like, yeah, well, but where is he getting this information from? With the Emperor, right. you have the the cheat of, you know, he's a wizard. You know, he's just using the Force. So, uh, you know, like you can get away with it there. But with Thrawn, it's like the guy has to be um, intellectual. And, and you have to you have to you have to really show that. And um and I think one of the ways that they've shown how intellectual is he is is by how cold he is, like mm-hmm. how tactically sound all of his decisions are. Um, now, I mean, one could say that um, had he not 
open fire that Scarus may have taken out Hera, and then, you know, the rebel forces would have fallen apart a lot faster, and they wouldn't have lost a light cruiser and a Star Destroyer. So I don't know, did he make the right call or not? But, um, you know, the, the, like, like he's he definitely still has the contingency, right? I mean, mm-hmm. once they make it through, uh, they're not going to get very far. So, right. You know, it's, what? it's it, but I do love how they play him as, as just being totally ruthless and, uh, and willing to, to, to do what needs to be done, including shoot down his own men. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say was like, you mentioned that ruthless part. It's like, He's shooting down Volt Scarce. He's not shooting down Tie Pilot Number Four. Yeah, he's shooting. He's basically getting rid of one of his ace pilots. Just, you know, hey, that's just part of his thing. I mean, he's so confident in, in what he's got going and his plan that he's willing to sacrifice one of his best pilots in this Tie Defender. So that's, that's like you said, it shows his character and just how ruthless he is. So, uh, continues more here with Thrawn. Thrawn, when informed by Commander Wolder of the situation. Notes that it is regrettable, but a testament to Captain Syndulla's skill as a combat pilot. As Herod and her, and her pilots enter the clouds in the Lothal's atmosphere, Mart informs her that he is detecting enemy fighters. They are shortly attacked by a large number of ties already firing their cannons. Outside the city, uh, Lothal city, the specters rendezvous with Ryder and Jaikel. They see trails of descent. Uh, they see they see trails descending on the city. But then they begin to explode. Zeb asks what those are, and Ezrin's being looked through electro binoculars to see the rebel fighters being shot down and destroyed. And this is one of those scenes where, um, first of all, Thrawn has a second wave. He gets them to intercept, and it's just, you know, it's just a massive amount of ties, and it just destroys this, you know, Phoenix Grotter, just obliterates them. And the there's like a, a there's that scene as the Spectres. You know, they're all on the ground, they're looking up, and then they see the flames falling. It's just one of those scenes like, whoa, that's like a powerful scene, a powerful moment in Rebels to see, like, their attack, like, is already failing. It's already, like, mm-hmm. like what do we do now? It's just one, it's, it was a crazy shot. We saw that shot in the trailer, not really a lot of context to it, but here it is, you know, and, and it's just, well, one of those scenes, Mike, um, any thoughts before we uh, continue? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's just it's inevitable, right? We know yeah. that Rogue One, the Battle of Scarif, is the the Rebel Alliance's first major victory against the Empire. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I really don't know how this season plays out. I without, know. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I I think that the the. semantics of of that argument that you know it's not this will not be the rebel alliance's first major victory is that the alliance just failed like Mm -hmm. i think we can go ahead and say the alliance just failed i'm really curious how they're gonna spend the rest of the season sorting this out but i think that a significant portion is going to be about getting hera uh mart and and any of the other pilots that were captured um, getting them back from the empire. Um, right. and there's something else. There has to be something else on Lothal, some right victory right. that they can have. That is not, that's not a strategic military victory, but that is a victory against the Sith. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think I, I honestly, you know that that little clip from the trailer where where I um from the season four trailer where Tarkin is like, uh, you know, uh, what's his face? Krennic has has his own oh, project yeah, or yeah. whatever. Um, I think that that's from the last episode. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're gonna see hear see or hear anything about the Death Star until the end of the season. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that and that it's gonna be like that. That scene is basically like Thrawn is dead. Price is on on the 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 com to uh, to Tarkin, and Tarkin is like, just leave, <laughs> yeah. just forget it. Krennic has has his pet project, and it's it's gonna do everything we need it to. It's gonna it's gonna destroy the the Rebel Alliance in one shot. So we mm-hmm. don't we don't need the Tie Defender anymore. Just just abandon it, right? Like like so, and I think that that'll be sort of like really how they they justify the fact that the rebels didn't win that the empire just went whatever we don't care you can have it so it's right. not a it's not a victory so much as it is just um the empire conceding that territory and saying like you know what you you can go ahead you can have this backwater planet because we have much bigger plans right well here's the thing like I felt the same way. Like after seeing this scene, yeah, I felt like I had to I had to rethink like my whole outlook on on what because I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be the story of you know the battle of of Lothal, and we're kind of already there and and somewhat done with it. I mean, I know Hera, we'll get to the Hera portion here in a second, but I'm thinking the same thing. Like, man, we're could, what's going to happen at the last eight episodes? Then is it the, is yeah. it the fight to get Hera back and what happens with? With 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 Kanan and and we'll get to that again. There's some more of that coming up on this on the end of this episode. So yeah, it's it's just kind of made me totally rethink things. And and uh, I guess that's that's a good uh, a good finality to be able to do that. So uh, go ahead, Mike. We got a, another good paragraph here coming up. Go yeah. Uh, Thrawn, when informed by Commander Woldar of the situation, notes that it is regrettable, but it. Sorry, did we do that one already? No, no, you're right. No, yeah, but a testament to Captain. Thrawn. Thrawn, Thrawn is informed. Oh, see, there's two Thrawns in a row. Uh, (laughs) Thrawn is informed that the entire attack force was destroyed, but several rebel fighters managed to crash land in the city, including that of the flight leader. But the factories are undamaged. He sends out his assassin, Rook, to capture any surviving pilots alive, with a particular emphasis on Captain Syndulla. On the on the burned plains, Sabine sees Imperial gunships incoming, and Kanan tries to contact Hera on his comlink. Ryder insists that they have to go before they are seen, and the rebels reluctantly turn to leave. Kanan is the most reluctant, as he wants to go rescue Hera. Hera's fighter has crashed in an alleyway and is on fire. Several civilians approach, and a woman warns Hera that Imperial forces are coming, advising her to cut through the market and head for the East Gate. Hera and Chopper flee into the city. On the highway, the other specters, Ryder and Jai, head away from the capital on their speeder bikes. Kanan brings up the bring up the rear, breaks and comes to a halt, prompting the others to stop as well. He says that he has to go back, that he has to do this. Ezra responds that he understands and says they'll see him back at base. So Kanan obviously sensing yeah. uh, that Hera is in danger and he's got to go mm-hmm. rescue yeah. her. But uh, you know he's he might he might not make it. Yeah, and another thing too, as far as this um, back in call to action 
Ezra had that great speech about, you know, he was talking to all the civilians like, hey, we got to fight yeah. back against the Empire. And it's like, I like the continuity of, of showing up that the, that the civilians here are helping Hera. They understand that she's there fighting for them and they actually help her. So I thought that was a kind of a cool tie-in to, uh, to previous stories. Yeah, totally. Uh, also, also, you know, Ezra, he's, he's kind of hesitant to leave uh, Kanan behind back in that same episode, if I remember correctly. And here, he's just like, hey, I, he, he totally gets it now. It's like, hey, I, I don't know whether he knows something going on between these two or it's just, hey, he, he just understands Kanan has to do this. He's not yeah. going to put up a fight. It's just like... I know you got to do this. Go ahead, and we'll be. You know, I'll be fine. You do what you got to do. So, um, I just I love the the story and how they kind of tie some things together like that. So that was really cool. Uh, at the Imperial Complex, Governor Price meets Rook, who is who has captured one Rebel pilot and coolly congratulates him. Knowing that Hera is the pilot they're searching for, Price orders the district locked down and torn apart, building by building, until she is found. In the dark streets, Hera and Chopper happen upon an Imperial blockade. Hera tells Chopper that, that if they move fast, they can get past before reinforcements arrive. Before they can do anything, however, Chopper alerts Hera to a distress beacon coming from another astromech. Following it, they find a crash site of another rebel Starfighter. fighter. Stormtrooper, uh, stormtroopers confront the pilot, Mart, who is injured and being defended by his droid R3-A3. The stormtroopers attempt to capture R3 as they need his memory banks, and one snaps just to immobilize him. R3 is shot and deactivated to Mart's horror. Hera, watching, tells Chopper to wait and ambushes the driver of a nearby troop transport. This gives Mart an opening to knock down one of the troopers and steal a blaster, which he uses to shoot another. The third trooper is run over by Hera, who asks Mart if he's okay. He responds that he is at least in one piece, and Hera uh, comes over to inspect R3. Hera asks Mart if it's okay to remove the transmitter from the downed R3 to replace Chopper's broken one, as there is no other way to get out of their situation. So they find Mart, uh, Hera jumps in, does her thing, and they transport, knocks out some guys, and they have to sacrifice poor R3, Mike. Oh, well. Hey, you got to save Chopper somehow. So uh, <laughs> R3, R3 gave his, uh, I guess, what he gave his transmitter yeah. uh, just to help out, uh, <laughs> help out Chopper. So it was, that was kind of a... Good thing from R3. Good sacrifice from R3 there. Yeah. Um, very heroic. Ahead, yeah, I mean, very heroic. Go ahead. Uh, elsewhere, yeah, sorry. Elsewhere, Rook, prowling through the city, finds a scent and sets off. At the crash site, Hera finished replacing uh, Hera finished replacing Chopper's transmitter, asks him if it works. He tries to send a signal, but the Empire is jamming everything. At this point, the Rebel trio is fired, fired upon by Rook, Hera tells Mart and Chopper to run before shooting back, and the three rebels flee with the assassin in pursuit. Mart asks Hera where they are going, and she tells Chopper to scan for the nearest sewer hatch. Once he finds the direction, Chopper leads the way through the city streets. Rook pursues them over the rooftops in a narrow street. Mart sees the assassin on the roofs and shoots at him. Rook swiftly descends to street level and attacks, quickly disarming Mart and kicking him into Hera. The assassin then fights Hera hand-to-hand, and she eventually manages to disarm him of his electro-staff. He knocks her to the ground shortly after, just as Mark comes to. Rook reclaims his staff and activates it, raising it over Hera, only to be shocked by Chopper from behind. As Mart shoots at him, Rook retreats to the rooftop. Mart helps Hera up 
and the Rebels set off again. So I was really shocked in this sequence at just how adept Hera is. But to be perfectly honest, I feel foolish for for being shocked by that because this is Hera Syndulla, the daughter of Cham Syndulla, freedom (laughs) fighter of... Well, of, of Ryloth, right? Like, like the, of course she knows how to fight in hand-to-hand combat, right? Like, mm-hmm. like she was raised during the Clone Wars and taught to fight by her father. Like, yeah, like it's so stupid. And you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be perfectly honest. I think a little bit sexist on my part for me to assume <laughs> that Hera is a great yeah. pilot but can't fight. You know, maybe she can shoot a blaster or whatever, but once Rook gets her, that's it. And then here she is, and she's she's got great martial arts skills. But of course she does. Why wouldn't she? Right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's it's one of those things where I think we make a lot of assumptions about characters, and and um, we definitely in Star Wars we tend to to pigeonhole a character as one thing. You know, they're the best at this, so that's all that they can do. But um, Han Solo is a great pilot. He also gives that one uh, scout trooper a judo flip, right? Like, right, yeah. like he knows how to handle himself. Why wouldn't Hera yeah. know how to handle herself? More well, that's so. What, that's what I thought. Yeah, I, right? I was. We think of her as this great pilot, and, yeah. And I guess we haven't had to see her too many times in actual hand-to-hand combat, but to see this, yeah, she could definitely handle herself. And against a skilled assassin like Rook is, I mean, Thrawn brought him in. Uh, because things weren't getting done, and this guy's supposed to get things done. And I love the fact that he uses his sense of smell, kind of to to hunt these guys down. And uh, mm-hmm. but you, but you're right, great hand to hand combat. Love that seeing that from uh, from here. So um, we'll continue. Your car- uh, Kanan on his speeder bike approaches Lothal City on the highway at high speed. As he approaches, he senses a Lothal standing in the road, and is forced to brake only to uh, only for the creature to vanish as he does so. Kanan shouts for the wolf, demanding to know where he is, before making it clear that he does not have time for diversions like this as he walks back to his bike. Kanan turns to find the wolf sitting in front of him and lets go of his bike, startled as the creature growls. He asks what it wants, and the wolf says, Doom, Kanan's original name. As the two other wolves approach from behind, Kanan, removing his visor, says that he understands and asks what he has to do. So I have to say something real quick here. I went back. Yep. And I looked at the closed captioning yep. and it changed. It did. Did you notice that? It yeah. did. Yeah. I was going to say, um, yeah, it's yeah not no, Doom not name. Doom, not yeah. his original name, Doom, D-O-O-M. And as yeah. a matter of fact, um, and I applaud the animators and I applaud Dave Filoni and everybody um, who works on, on the production of this, the, the lip sync from the wolf is different. The way that they, they when when the wolf says doom, d u u, sorry d u m e, right? It's very much like it's that it's that um, sort of pursed lip, right, like right. like doom, right? Like almost d y u m e, um, and then in this one it's more of a doom, d o o m, and I. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, I noticed the, the the difference in sound, but then was like, it, it did did the wolf say doom instead of doom, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a very subtle difference. 
Very subtle. Yeah. Um, and so I went back to check, and it was like, yep, yeah, nope, that wolf, that wolf said doom, like D O O M, um, meaning you know, like if you go back, you you're gonna end up captured as or not, like you know, like it's kind of something's yeah, right, right. Like there's there's more going on here, and and um, as I've been saying basically all season, I think that Kanan has a very good understanding of the force and the way that uh, the way that things are working currently. And he understands he's not necessarily going to like it, but I, uh, I think that the Bendu was really good at teaching him. Um, you don't have to understand it in order to, you know, listen, mm-hmm. right. You just, you just yeah. like the, the force is going to, enact things in the way that it's going to enact things and uh you can get with the program or you can try and fight it and Mm -hmm. uh and i think that fighting it is definitely the more um immature thing to do in this instance right so so yeah i I think kanan knows that it's interesting how like if you didn't put those closed captionings on i mean it's it's it'd be almost impossible. And the only reason I did it this time was because the last time and I was like, Oh, you know, I tried it again and Holy, it's different. You know, it's like, Whoa. And it's like the, the detail, like, what are they trying to say? Like you said, Mike, is it, is it now Kanan's understanding? Like, Oh, okay. I, he's finally getting like, I have to sacrifice. I have to do something yeah, because this is not going the way. So it's, it's just wow! It's just it's just really cool how they did that, and and I just love that. And like I said, I wouldn't have noticed had I not had that on there. So yeah, to to me, it's the the whole situation is very similar to when Luke, when Yoda tells Luke he has to go into the cave, mm-hmm. but don't take your weapons. And Luke kind of just looks at him, shrugs, and takes the weapons. Uh-huh. And um, and as as you know, Luke says says what's in there, and Yoda says only what you take with you. Mm-hmm. Luke takes his weapons in, right? And I think that that in this instance, this is very much the Yoda, the the Loth Wolf, saying to Kanan, like like you won't need your weapons, like don't mm-hmm. don't don't go in there looking for a fight, because if you do, that's that is your doom. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be really interesting. I really hope that on the season four Blu-ray that, that they do maybe like some commentary tracks or something like that so that we can get a little bit more insight into exactly what mm-hmm. this Loth Wolf is talking about. I wish that there was a Star Wars celebration coming up and I wish that we were going to be there because I would ask <laughs> Dave Filoni myself yeah. in a press junket and say, you know, what's what's the deal? But um, unfortunately, no Star Wars celebration this year. So yeah, gotta wait till twenty nineteen. Oh, yeah. Dang. Oh, wait. Um, go ahead, Mike. You're, you want to take this second to last one here? Yeah. Uh, In Lothal City. Yeah. Here we go. In Lothal City, Hera and Mart follow Chopper through the streets. Hera asks the droid where the sewer hatch is, and Chopper looks around the corner to discover it. Discover it is guarded by stormtroopers and an ATDP. Mart asks if they have any other options, and Hera responds that there is no time as Imperial forces are closing in. She says that they are going to have to get the walker to move, and spots a landspeeder parked in the street. 
Mart, carrying his stolen blaster, walks out into view of the stormtroopers guarding the hatch. He says that he heard they were looking for rebel pilots and announces that they've found one. As the Imperials return fire, Mart shoots back while running for cover. The other stormtrooper, LS-757, reports the rebel activity before he and the ATDP pursue. Hera, in a nearby street, orders Chopper to get the hatch open. The droid flies down from the roof and plugs into the port at the sewer hatch as Hera takes the controls of the parked landspeeder. Mart hides among several large crates as the walker moves past and the stormtrooper looks behind him. When he's not looking, Mart jumps him from behind and takes him out after a brief struggle. The walker begins to turn around and Mart shoots at it. As he does, Hera approaches in the speeder and rams the walkers, knocking it over. The walker knocking it over. The speeder is destroyed by the collapsing walker and Hera climbs on top of it. As the walker's hatch opens, Hera tells Mart to go, promising to catch up. So again, we get more of, of you know this action. Um, Hera kind of showing her skills and and <laughs> she's at yeah. the point now where she's ramming you know uh the ats the atdp with the uh the land speeder it just whatever it takes there it's like survival mode right now <laughs> doing whatever they can they got to get to this hatch yeah uh and and it's nothing's you know if if they don't it, she knows she's in some serious trouble here especially with rook uh, right on her tail so i'll finish it up here actually uh, when the ad atdp's driver emerges harris stuns him as Mart arrives at the sewer hatch, Chopper opens it and Mart climbs in. Hera runs towards the hatch, but as she does, Rook approaches across the rooftops. Rook jumps Hera and knocks her down, but she kicks him off. The two fight, and Hera is knocked down again. Mart, watching, make, uh, makes to intervene, but two hover tanks arrive, cutting off Hera from the hatch. Hera sees the tanks arrival and orders Matt and, uh, Mart and Chopper to go. Mart salutes and heads down the ladder, but Chopper is reluctant, hovering in the opening. A gunship arrives, and Hera retrieves her blaster from the ground, yelling at Chopper to leave before shooting the astromech socket controlling the hatch. Rook disarms Hera before shoving her to her knees and holding his electrostaff to her back. A gunship arrives as Governor Price disembarks. Hera stands and tells Price that she's wanted to meet her. Price disdainfully com comments on Hera's small victory before stunning her, and Hera falls to the ground unconscious. In the sewers... Uh, Mart and Chopper follow the starbirds to a hatch, and Mart bangs on it. The hatch opens to reveal Kanan, who helps Mart and Chopper out. Chopper beeps, and Kanan responds that he knows uh, that he knows what she did. Kanan tells Mart that there is nothing else he can do to help Hera, but that there is something Kanan can do. Uh, the three rebels set off on Kanan's speeder bike, and a Lothwolf watches uh, watches them go. Governor Price, I've so wanted to meet you. Such a small victory. I hope this hatch isn't locked. Come on, let's get you out of here. Kanan! I know she did, Chop. I know. Kanan, I'm so sorry. It's all right, Mark. There's nothing you could have done. But there is something I can do. And I kind of love the way this thing ends, Mike. Um, 
mm-hmm. kind of just music as you see Kanan kind of ride off. And like he says, he knows what he has to do. He has to do something. Uh, obviously left on a huge cliffhanger here. Uh, Hera is captured. The uh, rebel attack is a total disaster. Uh, things are in shambles. Uh, and we're kind of left with that. Like, wow. And and as kind of as Kanan, as it says here, as Kanan kind of drives off, the Loth Wolves are, are watching as he leaves. And, and I think it's one of those things, again, where we can expect Kanan to come back and he's going to have to do some, you know, we're expecting some kind of sacrifice from him. As according to, like we've seen with these Loth Wolves, he said doom, like maybe, you know, you're in for some type of doom, you know. Uh, again, hopefully we'll get more of this as the season. We got, I, I'm assuming, eight more episodes. I, is it eight more episodes left? I guess. We're, Honestly, I, I don't, I don't remember how many episodes this season is going to be. But it's definitely, you know, it's not, it's, it's, we're, we're on the, the downhill slope here. I mean, this is it right here. Yeah. We're going to, uh, we're going to see what happens with Hera and the rest of these specters out on the fall here. So, um, Pretty darn good first half. Uh, I love the continuity of this this one kind of one whole story going on. You know, you're not getting episodes like you got with with Vader and him and Ahsoka and stuff like that. I mean, just some crazy, yeah. mind blowing, great stuff. But it's still been a, a solid, solid first half. And I think this next half is really gonna really gonna ramp it up. I know I, I'm pretty sure I heard some things about like the last half. Only a certain amount of people know what's going to actually happen. Uh, so they're keeping it super tight, super tight-lipped, um, and spoiler-free. So um, just a solid first half. Mike, any any thoughts on on the end of this and maybe the first half? Yeah. Um, yeah, so for, first of all, season four is 16 episodes, so that means we only have seven left. Seven then, okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so really <laughs> not a heck of a lot, especially if they do what they did with the first half and they air them two at a time. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, like you said, we're on the downhill uh, uh, stretch. We're we're right there at the end, um, and uh, I don't think it's going to be a lot of good news. I really no, don't. No. Um, yeah. And and I think that our characters are going to be in some very um, difficult positions between now and the end of the series. It's yeah all been building towards this all the paths are coming together so you know um yeah i really think that that you know this is putting kanan on a path towards sacrificing himself in order to defeat uh thrawn and rescue hera um Mm -hmm. making that ultimate sacrifice in order to save her um because i think that hera is going to basically be the personal guest of of uh Grand Admiral Thrawn for, for, sure, the, yeah. for the rest of the season. I think he's going to keep a very close eye on her. I think he anticipates that they're going to come for her and, uh, and that this is part of his plan. I think the one thing that Thrawn can't account for, and I think it's, it's been um, his one blind spot is the force. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think we saw that with the Bendu. True. Yeah. And I think that we're going to see it again with Kanan. And uh, and Thrawn thinks that he has figured out every avenue, but uh, you know he he should pay more attention to those crazy old space wizards because uh, they're uh, they're a real threat. So mm-hmm. I I that's that's my um, expectation 
for the last half of the season. Um, and then on top of that, you know, we're going to get a lot of Ryder and, and Ezra and, um, and Jai mm-hmm. and maybe even Mark with them now um, attempting to liberate Lothal. Um, and then the rest of the Ghost crew obviously assisting, but eventually, you know, sort of scattering back into the galaxy to, to their own um, homes, mm. their own their yeah, own goals, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, well, here's the thing, too. Like, the only, I guess, non-drama is that is with Hera because we know she's mentioned in Rogue One yeah. and I believe in Forces of Destiny she's also there. So. She's present at the at the in Return of the Jedi. She was also in Light in of Star Return, Wars yeah. The Freemaker right. Adventures, which is post Empire pre Jedi. Right. Right. So, so yeah. Yeah. There's there's yeah, there's no, really no drama in what's gonna happen with Hera. Hera Chopper it, and the said, ghost are all gonna be fine. Yeah. It's everybody else around her and, yeah. and what's gonna happen there. So 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 yeah that's I just want to clarify that as far as her character is concerned. And I I guess through some research I found that um I guess the Alliance I guess there's somebody called Lieutenant Sai from Lost Stars that she graduated from the uh, Imperial Academy after the first Death Star was destroyed. So that's kind of people are talking that it's you know, we're not going to see a major victory for the Alliance, especially here on the fall. And I, and, I, and, mm-hmm. and I'm fine with that. I don't know. What's a major victory? I mean, I think if, if they destroy the, the factory, that's their main thing. They're trying to get rid of these tied defenders. Right. So I think if they were to do that, not necessarily liberate Lila, Ryla, uh, uh, yeah. but just go after those dang tie defenders i think that's what what we might see as far as this particular story not 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 a major battle but a pretty good victory itself so um but we'll see like i said this 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 episode kind of opens things up for me like okay it's not going to be about you know making lothal liberating it and putting it back to normal this is something else so we'll see what happens like i said seven more episodes um it's it's going to come at us and i think we're getting a lot of great stuff in this next half whenever that is and we'll talk about that in a minute uh mike we got uh an email so let's uh you want to check the mailbag real quick yeah let's do it all right what message the rebels podcast mailbag the council is asking you all right we got a mail from uh bob willicky and he says great season so far guys with very little filler i'll say that i would like to have the I'd like to have seen more of Ezra's character developed this season, more so than the Mandalorian storyline. No offense to those who love all things Mandalorian. It's just that this is a shortened season and time is running out. It seemed like a big missed opportunity to me. However, we still have a few more episodes to go. That said, I'd like to know your thoughts regarding rumors of what's to come. For me, it's pretty clear that Kanan has accepted his fate and that the ultimate price of self-sacrifice is to save Hera and assist the rebellion. I think there is more at stake here than saving Hera. I personally would like to see Kanan go down to no less than Vader himself. He deserves to go against the very best. Uh, and he says Zev and Rex, uh, or the Rex, uh, lose their lives to Rook, perhaps Thrawn too. So he's talking about some other characters. Uh, lastly, the most the mysterious Loth Wolf could this be no other than Ahsoka? Would love to know your thoughts. So, a couple things here. Um, first of all, he talks about Ezra's character development. I had mentioned this uh, a couple episodes ago. I think like. In the first couple seasons, they they kind of went through this dark 
sort of phase where he was showing some things that, you know, you think, oh, that's kind of dark or that's kind of some anger shown there, some fear shown there. And they kind of gone away from that storyline, which I kind of like where they were going with that. But maybe it's just not enough time to, to delve that deep into it. And they kind of rounded out his character now. And it doesn't seem like we're going to go that route with with Ezra. So I'll say that with him. Um, the Loath Wolf as Ahsoka. No, I personally, me, I don't want to see that. I don't like, I don't really like that idea. I like the Loath Wolves being their own Force-sensitive creatures um, and save something with it. I think that would just be almost be a disservice to the character of Ahsoka to make her as some kind of wolf or something like that. Yeah. To me, that's just me, you know. Um, but that's what I'll say about Ahsoka. I, I think she's she's do she deserves something better than that, in my opinion. Um, and then Kanan, yeah, I, you know, I think he's going to go down in some sort of self-sacrifice. Not exactly sure what that could be. Um, it's probably going to be. I don't know if you're going to see. I don't think you're going to see Vader. Um, although that would be kind of a pretty epic thing to see Kanan go against Vader. I don't think Kanan can do much with Vader though. Vader's way too powerful for Kanan. Uh, so I, I don't think you're going to see that. Uh, maybe like you mentioned, Mike. Maybe with uh, Thrawn, maybe we'll see something there. Uh, but uh, yeah, a couple things. You got any any theories on on a couple of these characters, Mike? You wanted to mention. No, I mean, like, I think I'm on the same page as you, right? Um, I don't, I, I've, I've put my concept out there in the past, um, regarding the, the father, the son and the daughter, um, Mm -hmm. that, uh, Kanan is very visually similar to the father. Um, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, obviously, obviously, uh, Ahsoka and the daughter have that connection from the Mortis trilogy, um, where uh, the essence of the daughter is actually in Ahsoka. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, there are there are some interesting things around that. And so I think the Lothwolves um, being not connected necessarily, but certainly cognizant of the Force on mm-hmm. that level and understanding that, that you know, there's something more to, to Caleb Doom than than just the 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 destiny that he's carved out for himself right Mm -hmm. um and they are they're guiding him on that path i think so we'll see how that plays out i don't think here's the thing it's not gonna be that simple it's not gonna be that tidy and i don't think it's gonna be very satisfying (laughs) I so, think, I, yeah, I like oh, we're man. we're That's building yeah. we're building to a very upsetting conclusion for this character, and I'll tell you, like, I that's what I'm here for, because the force is messy, you know, like th- this stuff. I think that people want these neat, tidy, clean, um satisfying endings for these characters and you have to remember what era this is Mm -hmm. these are the dark times the force is out of balance palpatine and vader have sent the galaxy into chaos and i think that characters like ahsoka and kanan and ezra have a role to play in tipping the balance back towards the light side but that ultimately that victory belongs to Luke and Anakin, right? Mm-hmm. And that along the way, a lot of Jedi 
a lot of the remaining Jedi are going to have to make sacrifices in order for that destiny to be fulfilled. Obi-Wan knew that. I believe that Kanan understands that as well. Um, and that like, there are larger forces at play. Uh, pun not, but totally intended. Um, there's a there, there's a lot more going on here than just Ahsoka is a wolf or uh, Ezra, you know, turning to the dark side. Uh, and ultimately, we know where that leads. We know what the end game is for this story. It is Obi Wan Kenobi, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader. You know, Yoda's in there, uh, Palpatine, and restoring balance to the Force. Even the the rebellion's victory over the Empire and and their eventual formation of the of the New Republic, mm-hmm. all of that to me is a consequence of Anakin restoring balance to the Force. Um that stuff happens only because the the light side is able to prevail in the end and that only happens because luke has faith and and uh believes in his father right um right. if luke went in as kanan was about to guns blazing ready to take no prisoners um as obi-wan perhaps even wanted him to um, you know, and Luke says, I can't kill my father. Uh, you know, like that, like Luke goes in with the right mindset of, I can't kill him. It's mm-hmm. my destiny to face him again and I'll do it. Um, but I won't, I won't fall to the dark side. You know, like he says, he's a Jedi, like his father before him. And, he doesn't fall into the trap that 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 Anakin fell into, um, right? And I think that that Kanan is a very similar type of Jedi. Um, I think Kanan has a lot in common with Obi Wan and Luke, in that he understands self sacrifice. He understands this. the The character was made to fulfill a purpose. Um, right. And I mean that in both the literal in galaxy sense and and the meta narrative sense that mm-hmm. like this character only exists to to fill out the story that Dave Filoni has set in front of him. Um, and I, like I've, I've been saying this the last couple episodes, I can't believe it took me four seasons to figure it out. But this show is not about Ezra Bridger. This show is about Kanan Jarrus and Harrison Dula. Mm-hmm. They're the main characters. Um, everybody right. else is just kind of floating around them, right? So, yeah, yeah I mean, like, I, I, I think that's what it comes down to. I think it's that simple for me. And, and when I say that simple, I mean it is that incredibly complicated. So, mm-hmm. well, and, he, and Bob says here it's clear that Kanan has accepted his fate and, and yeah. his ultimate price of self-sacrifice. And, and we talked about that I, in this particular episode. He, he kind of, kind of accepts like. At the, with the locals, you know, like I, yeah. I guess I know what he knows what he has to do. So I think you're definitely going that way there. So great stuff, Bob. Thank you for writing in and totally. appreciate all you guys that write in and let us know what you guys are thinking and your thoughts. We love that. So keep it coming. We got some seven more episodes to go. So don't hesitate to write in. Uh, next time, Mike on Star Wars Rebels, it's entitled Allegiance. 
but we have no idea what it's about and we have no audio clip for uh for a preview so yeah we don't even know what's coming back yet do we We don't even know what's coming back we don't they haven't said anything about when it's coming back even on rebels recon she said you know just we'll see you next year whatever it is so uh but if i had to guess i would think sometime in the you know late january we'll start start seeing again but uh but that doesn't mean we're gonna stop uh we got some obviously the last jedi is coming out so you guys will hear us actually pretty soon here within the next you know week and a half or so you guys are going to hear us again uh so uh mike anything else before we wrap up no that's it um thank you guys for your patience for waiting for this episode we really appreciate it especially those of you who are like hey when's it coming um yeah here it is so hope that you enjoyed it i hope you guys enjoyed uh the this first half of season four as much as we did it's been fantastic i think it's some of the best star wars content in years um and uh and and uh, i i know that we've enjoyed talking about it and talking with you guys um of course you can always hit us up on twitter and everything and continue the conversation uh we'll be back very soon to talk about the last jedi um over on thunder quack in the exclusive podcast um and i uh, i you know like I, like matt said we'll be back sooner rather than later you know there's um there are the newer episodes of forces of destiny to talk about. So maybe, maybe, um, I'll tap out and maybe Matt and, uh, we'll get Jonah Marie to come back in and talk about forces of destiny at some point in the, mm-hmm. uh, maybe over the holidays or in the new year, um, before yeah. we get new star Wars rebels. But, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go see the last Jedi and I'm going to see it again. And I'm going to see it again and again and again and again. So I'm kind of thankful that we get a bit of a break from, uh, from star Wars rebels to do that. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. As always, you can stay up to date with all the latest star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rebels podcast and on Twitter at rebels podcast. Uh, of course, you can uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at arkwolf a r k w u l f, and you can follow Matt on Twitter at the crankster with a k. Yes. And uh, and you guys know we're a part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. And if you want to support us, you can do that in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. And second, by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack and chipping in a few bucks. It's a monthly pledge uh, for as low as a dollar a month. Every buck helps. um, And uh, we really appreciate everybody who does support us over there. Like we said, the exclusive Thunderquack podcast episode that is next up on the docket is... The Last Jedi spoiler cast with Matt and I. So if you want to hear what Matt and I have to say about Star Wars, The Last Jedi, as soon as is humanly possible, the best way to do that is by subscribing over at patreon.com slash thunderquack. Pledge your support over there. You're going to get the exclusive episode when it comes out sometime the weekend after The Last Jedi. Uh, and you're also going to get access to the whole back catalog. So if you missed our spoiler cast last year for Rogue One, you can jump in there and you can listen to that. And you can hear my immediate reaction to Rogue One and compare it to how I feel about it today. Um, which I don't know what that is because I haven't, I mean, like, I, 
I put content out and I often just forget what I've said uh, <laughs> immediately. But yeah. uh, I should probably go back and listen to that and uh, and see what I <laughs> That'd thought. That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. but um, right. yeah, patreon.com slash thunderquack. I, I, you guys know the deal. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll be back soon with uh, with more Star Wars animation on Rebel Cells. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Thank you.